Welcome to your Wealth Journey Podcast, powered by Bradford Financial Center, where we'll always share how small changes equal big results, because your wealth journey is our focus. Hello, everyone. This is Shannon Weiss and Jim Taus, financial planners for Bradford Financial Center. And today we're digging into the important but often overlooked topic of budgeting. Stay tuned to the last five minutes of this podcast for our five and five segment where we give our tips on important financial topics you need to know. And today we'll break down the 50-20-30 budget rule and why it works. Budgeting. You know, it's truly about smarter planning and forward thinking. So let's start at the beginning with goals. So now let's take a look at your savings and to figure out how much you can save each month to invest and set some goals. Let's look at your budget. So it's always good to have a budget to know what money's coming in, what money's going out and where you can make some changes. Now, this doesn't need to be something that's real time intensive or something that you're tracking every little penny. It's an opportunity to make and plan your expenses and it gives you a way to measure how well your plan is performing. So your budget course can never be in cement because it's flexible, because life changes throughout the year, and at times you're going to need more money for expenses and unforeseen developments during your planned budget year. You know, that's just how life is. So, Jim, you want to talk about the four major modules of a budget? Uh, The four major modules in a budget are flexible monthly expenses. Those are the expenses that we kind of have different ideas on. I'll give you an example. Uh, You may be a hamburger and soup guy, or uh, maybe you are a steak and caviar person. So when you figure that part of the budget, you put in kind of what your lifestyle is. So maybe one person needs $1,000 a month for food, and maybe the next person needs $500 a month for food, just because basically whatever their style is and what they have to spend in order to live that lifestyle. But what's nice about a flexible monthly expense, when you put down approximately what you're going to spend on it, if you need more, you need to change it, you know, put more money towards that. If uh, you say to yourself, well, you know what, I ended up at the end of the month about $200 ahead of what I thought I would need to have, so maybe that money can go somewhere else. So the thing is, uh, flexible monthly expenses are those kind of expenses that are really changeable, and uh, they're a lot of times on a monthly basis, they're monthly expenses that you have. So maybe, Shallon, you might want to give some other ideas of what some of those flexible monthly expenses can entail. Well, you talked about food, and now I'm hungry, but... <laughs> <laughs> the other flexible monthly expenses would be like your home payment, your LP, your natural gas, electricity, your telephone, cell phone, gas to get back and forth to work, donations to your church or any recreation things that you want to do, going out to the movies. And also give your allowance to your husband, you know, maybe give him five bucks for the week and he should be set. And then the wife, she can have a hundred bucks for the week. <laughs> Holy smoke. You know what? No. I, I've been telling you, those hair deal officers oh. charge way too much. <laughs> My goodness sake. But those are some of the flexible monthly things that can come up. Well, once you've got these things down, basically what you're doing is you're setting yourself up. You know, people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan, and this is what you're doing. You're drawing up a plan. You're not going to be a bookkeeper. What you're doing is trying to find out where is your money going, how much do I need for each area, and the flexible monthly expenses, that's a great area to start in because these are monthly expenses. You know darn well you got to eat. You know darn well you got to pay your homework. 
mortgage if you have a home, or otherwise you won't have a home. And it goes on and on and on. So when you gather this information up, uh, what we're going to do at the end is tie this all together, and you're going to get pretty gal darn excited because you're going to be able to say, you know what? I guess I can control some of this. I can I can make this mine. This is what we are. This is who we are. So let's talk a little bit too about the next area, and that's rotating savings. Uh, rotating savings is a very very important part, and this would be things that come up once a quarter, once every six months, maybe once a year. Uh, and these expenses are things that are for planned things and things that you don't have to have the money every single month. Let me give you an example. Christmas comes up once. And when Christmas comes up, what you do is you spend so much money to take care of the relatives, take care of the kids, take care of whoever. And the thing that you do is all of those in there, you have to make a plan for it. So, for example, at Christmas, if you know about how much you're going to spend, you put a figure in there. It's only once a year, but you put that figure down and just say, now, I'm not going to spend more than that. That's my plan. Or if you feel it's not enough, then you add to that part of the plan. Or if it's too much, then you're going to use that money for places elsewhere. So perhaps that rotating savings, we could uh, have you, Shallon, tell us a little bit about what is in that particular module. Well, other things would be like home furnishings or clothing, uh, subscriptions, garbage, water, uh, birthday gifts, anniversary gifts, uh, medical, dental, uh, vacation, or any other dues that you have come up, insurance, your property insurance, and your car insurance. Sometimes those are paid you know, on an annual or semi-annual basis. And then you have your home taxes, your registration for your vehicles, and things like that. Now, what's interesting about this area, Christmas comes up once a year. So you don't really need to have, once you have those figures on your budget, you don't actually need per month to have 100% of that money. You've heard of that old saying, rob from Peter to pay Paul? Well, that's exactly what you do in the rotating savings part of the scheme. For example, let's say that you want to save $1,200 for Christmas and you started January 1st, so you don't need to that $1,200 for a whole year. But you also have home insurance. Your home insurance payment is, uh, let's uh, let's say, is every six months you get a bill from your insurer. So you only need that money once every six months. This money, actually, you don't have to add up everything and say to yourself, well, i got to save 100% of that. No, you don't. You need to save 66% of that. That will pretty much get you through everything because... For example, Christmas there's once. You don't need to touch that money until at Christmas time. And meanwhile, you can use the six months, for example, that you're paying your insurance, as I was saying. Then you don't have to pay it particularly at that specific time. And so consequently, insurance money is used to help fill the Christmas gap. And it keeps going like that for all of these things that are listed here. Now, some things I might add in rotating savings that we mentioned might be a flexible monthly expense. For example, in our town, we get a water bill once a month. So that would actually be shifted over to your flexible monthly expenses. You know you got to have it every month, then it always goes in the flexible monthly expense category.
category. By the way, the vacation is a very good one. Uh, some people love vacations, and some people don't like vacations. But the fact is, whatever your vacation amount is, when you plan your trip, you better figure out about how much you want for that vacation. And obviously, if you take a trip down to Florida, you're way up north. You got to have a plane ticket. You got to have you know places to stay, and on and on. Uh, it cost so much money but maybe the next year you're going to have a small vacation you decide well i'm going to stay in iowa and i'm just going to go down to amana colonies and so you need a lot less money so this has to be worked and massaged every year depending on what that plan is and i might add things like uh, i can't believe how many people i've seen over the years for example when they want to buy furniture they go to the furniture store and they buy it and then they put it on time i mean come on how about planning for that sofa you know go go shopping to see if you can find a sofa you like and figure out about how much that would cost and then put it in your rotating savings and so you save for a year and you go pay cash for it instead of paying you know 15 percent to some credit company that's willing to give you the money so you can have the sofa now. I mean, that's, you know, why don't you keep the 15%? You know, keep it at home. Use it for something else instead of handing it off to a bunch of other people that you don't know them. You don't owe them anything because you pay cash when you go by and you make a plan. So that's rotating savings is a wonderful spot to do a lot of planning on kind of a historic method, so to speak, because you can take the most lavish vacation or take none. So it gives you really a good opportunity to do some really good planning there. So the next thing we need to talk about is the third area, and that's investments. You already have your flexible monthly expenses. You've got that figured out. you got your rotating savings. But there are other things that people have in their life, in their economic life as a family. You have life insurance, perhaps. Uh, you have a tax shelter program of some kind. Maybe you'd like to put into an IRA at the end of the year. You have stocks and bonds and maybe an investment with uh, some brokerage outfit. You put a little bit in savings and you put a little bit in certificates of deposit or something like that. What you need to do is we're after making sure these things get taken care of. And by the way, this is a good time to mention that before you really get into this super 100% strong, you need to keep in mind that everything that you earn needs to have a spot in a budget, needs to have a spot. And also, you need to understand that whatever that figure is, you've got to learn to pay yourself first, because this is your future. In our last five minutes, we'll bring listeners a roundup of five smart ideas they can apply to their own wealth journeys. So let's get started with this episode's Five in Five. In this Five in Five segment, we'll discuss budgeting techniques. Like any good habit, finding helpful strategies to stick to, and they will definitely be different for everyone that has a budget. Today, we'll break down the 50-20-30 budget rule. The 50-20-30 rule is a good way to give people who need structure a solution. Basically, this budgeting technique divides your paycheck into three categories. First, 50% for essentials. Second, 20% for savings. Third, and 30% for everything else. So let's take a look at what some of these might entail. For example, 
for essentials, the 50%. That would include things like food, home payment, heating fuel, electricity, telephone, gasoline, things that we need to have in order to live. The 20%, the savings rule, would include things like life insurance, maybe buying some stocks, providing yourself with a savings account at a bank for emergency cushion in case you need to use it. Also, college funding and 401ks and IRAs would be funded in the savings area. It would do two things there. Those are examples of investments that you could get into to save taxes as well as save money. Then the 30% part of the rule is everything else. That might include things like clothing, gifts like birthdays, Christmas, and vacations and recreation. So you need to use the 50-20-30 rule in order to structure your budget, in order to make it work for you and your family specifically. In other words, tailor it for you. Thank you all for tuning in to your Wealth Journey podcast powered by Bradford Financial Center. Be sure to tune in to our next episode where we will continue with budgeting and how insurance can play a vital role. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Bradford Financial Center, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Bradford Insurance. Tax and accounting services offered through Bradford Tax and Accounting Network. Bradford Financial Center, Bradford Insurance, and Bradford Tax and Accounting Network are not affiliated with United Planners. Neither Bradford Financial Center nor United Planners provide tax or legal advice. This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only and not intended to be specific advice for any individual. Consult your financial professional regarding your personal situation. All investing involves risk and there is no guarantee that any strategy will be successful.